0: GM, GM, welcome to another episode of Web3 Futurists. Today we have Quantum Temple joining us and we are going to be exploring all things cultural heritage and the importance of cultural preservation. I am super excited for the space because we are going to be talking about the use cases of the blockchain and how NFTs can really aid and really help the preservation of culture. So without further ado, hope you enjoy the space and we'll catch you on the next one. First things first, I just want to welcome everybody for joining. Um, I'm super excited to have Nicole join us from Quantum Temple, which is a project that I have um, had my eyes on for a while. Um, yeah, so Nicole, how are things with you? And how are you doing?
1: I'm doing well, and thank you again for the space and the opportunity of inviting us here.
0: Yeah, so I like to get started usually by asking um the guests, you know, a bit about themselves and how they got into Web3.
1: Okay, so uh, first of all, I'm I'm Nicole. I'm the head of product at Quantum Temple and I'm Argentinian. Uh, so right now I'm in Buenos Aires. Um, and I've been uh, working in, in technology for the last uh, eight years. Um, I started working, first of all, my early career is in the nonprofit sector, working a very big nonprofit here in Argentina named Techo after that I actually lived in in Australia and Sydney for over a year and a half and that, that's where I started working in product technology and over the years I started developing and working in different startups and the last two the last two years and a half I started working in blockchain technologies and applying technology in different use cases and different uh, products and and trying to use uh, the infrastructure to solve uh, different problems around a uh, Customers, users, and different business models. Until yeah, and a year ago, I started working here at Quantum Temple by developing the Web Three platform preserving cultural heritage.
0: Super amazing and good to see that you um, have an extensive background. Um, how do you <laughs> find living in Sydney? I just spent Christmas over Christmas and New Year's over there. How do you find um, living in Sydney?
1: No, I, I I I loved it. Like actually, Australia has I left part of my heart over there um lots of yeah friends and and colleagues on that side of the world and mm. so i loved it very sunny it's sunny sunny sydney um mm. so yeah
0: <laughs> yeah really
1: fond of your motherland so yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah definitely it's, it's it's such an amazing place right i'm currently in bangkok at the moment and um nothing really is the same at home right
1: <laughs> yeah <it's> true <laughs>
0: So um, I'm, I'm excited to talk about quantum today and, and what you folks do. Um, you know, I honestly love the vision, love, you know, what you folks are doing over there. Um, but I think it'll be great hearing it from you uh, to explain, you know, what you folks are doing and yeah.
1: Okay. So starting up and building up the, the mission from there. Um, so quantum temple is, as you say, is like the web 3 uh, preserving cultural heritage. What does this mean? So, what UNESCO calls like uh, today cultural heritage and culture and culture in general, is mainly dependent on uh, actually tourism's actually going tourists going to the places and and consuming all types of cultures. So after the pandemic, uh, you guys might have felt it, but lots of places that depend highly dependent on tourism, had huge devastations on around their their income and revenue and had to, uh, try to seek other job opportunities around the ground. So that's where like the idea started, understanding the current problem and also the unlocking um, incentive of future, like the young generations to actually preserve culture. Because today there's not like enough incentives or economic incentives to to actually work on culture. I, that's on one hand and especially in developing countries. On the other side, and, and now speaking more of like from a, a sustainability point of view, there's lots of um, cultures that are exposed to be uh, extinguished along the time. Um, so let's uh, let's take, for example, context around um, global warming and, and places being actually devastated or even getting flooded. And, and there's predicted that one of the islands of, of uh, Papua New Guinea is gonna get actually uh, flooded in the next 15 years and also Maldives. And on the other hand, also um, contexts such as wars that destroys uh, different parts of the cities, including museums and cultures, there's no actually a, a repository or even like a sort of encyclopedia that locks these uh, cultural uh, heritages and, and keeps like a sort of like backup for perpetuity for along the future years. I like to always give the example um, in in Norway, there's this, uh, the Bank of Seeds, which actually uh, this museum is preserving all the seeds of the planets to to just in case like there's a, like trees are going to be as they're going to be in forest and sections around deforestation, they're locking all the seeds and making this repository of seeds. So it's locked for perpetuity and we have this encyclopedia of seeds. The same is what we're trying to acquire in Quantum Temple. So on one side, uh, opening a new market to, to those ancestral and, and communities who we call cultural keepers uh, to unlock a new uh, revenue stream and, and have an opportunity in this market through Web3 technology that unlocks this opportunity. And on the other hand, building, like, the first repository of cultural heritage on the blockchain to be able to maintain in perpetuity, like, forever. So that's pretty much it.
0: Right. So in terms of, um, you know, prior to Quantum Temple doing the things that they do, what is the kind of method um, for, like, a traditional company, if there is any?
1: Um, If... It- do you mean like what's the the of attraction like tourism company for example? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So actually, today and and concentrating one hundred percent in cultural tourism today, like the the, the ways of travels and actually the UNWTO did a report before the pandemic that for every hundred dollars spent, especially in a developing country, only five uh, percent is left in, on on the actual territory. So right now, there's a, that's a report that we can then later share on. Um, and right now, there is, a, there is a lack of also incentives on actual countries to keep on developing and, and, and growing their cultural tourism because there's not so many opportunities, right? So even thinking about as it, like even from the airline's point of view and even from the hotels of big chains, each time you purchase a booking of a hotel of a big chain, that, like, that percentage of your money is not then delivered in the place where you're going to go, especially in developing countries. It's more uh, like a uh, globalized um, yeah, market of an international company. So that's where also the, the the opportunity here is like to work directly on, on ground, bottom up with collaborating with the actual communities that work through cultural uh, tourism by preserving their culture and bringing them the opportunity to collaborate and build these NFTs uh, to unlock, like not only um, a revenue streams to to with the economic incentive, but at the same time acknowledge their traditions all around the world, and access like a new global market.
0: Right. So, in terms of the NFTs, um, I've I've had a look, and you have these two types of NFT memberships. Do you mind explaining that?
1: Yeah, for sure. So, uh, actually, Quantum Temple has at the moment like one pro. Uh, three products that are going to happen around in the next up The first one and the ones that you're going to see on our current webpage is the Cosmic Membership NFTs. So this is the gate of like not only becoming part of Quantum Temples, like founding member community and and, and collaborating with us on, on like the growth of preserving cultural heritage, but also opens the like 50 percent of the proceeds of that membership itself will go directly to a social impact fund that will um, seek to uh, propose projects with the community itself around Web3 inclusion and cultural heritage preservation. What does this mean is that all the, all of these funds and the members that hold these NFTs will also collaborate in, in, in voting which funds uh, should be allocated for different social projects. And these social projects go over the mandates um, of education, infrastructure, uh, crypto on-ramp, and and, uh, research and and development for cultural heritage and preservation. So in that way, anybody from the community and and our first emerging market is Bali in Indonesia, um, can access to this fund by proposing, uh, we have a project template proposal, um, apart from the community proposing, like we need funds for, let's say, um, building uh, an infrastructure for acquiring internet on ground, and that's where these uh, 50% of the proceeds of these membership NFTs will then allocate to those type of projects. That's the first product. The second product that is the one, hopefully by the end of February is the video NFTs, which are the cultural heritage NFTs. These are collections of what UNESCO calls living heritages. What living heritage is, uh, resembles is more around tradition, traditions, languages, rituals, dances. So what we do is that with the communities, we co-create these collections we we film them with with our filmmakers uh, we have a specialized anthropologists that help us create a curational standards of curating that content and that's where we build the the actual nft which is a video that you'll see if you go to our website you actually see a small clip of one and at the end of the homepage you actually see all the nfts that are going to come um, so that and that component uh, is that then the proceeds of those uh, components go directly on chain to these cultural communities that are preserving that culture. So if we have a temple, if we have a community that in Bali we call Banjar, that is an organized community that's preserving that temple, 40% of those proceeds of those NFTs will go directly to those institutions that are preserving the culture. And the third product, and that's where I stop, is it's now talking about tangible heritage. Which is actually craftsman or crafts um, Afri craftsman, where we explain the, pro- the the process of the creation of the work, again curated by the standards of this anthropologist. and actually the NFT not only involves this um, the video but also comes with a tangible artifact used with the uh, with the uh, actual pro- like uh, materials that are that have been used in in the example of Bali like fifteen hundred years ago. So in this way, we motivate craftsmen to not only access a new market with their with their art crafts, but at the same time to use the same materials <clears throat> that usually are more sustainable um, to gain this new uh, market.
0: That's super amazing. And in terms of um, being able to verify, you know, that last point with the artifacts, right? Are you doing this through NFTs or are you doing it through sell-bound tokens? Um, and yeah.
1: So today is like, we're like our first launch and it's just through NFTs. But eventually along the way, and as we're building these uh, curational guidelines of meta, like these metadata the standards of like what is cultural heritage and even working with cultural keepers, we will want to standardize and, and, and give, like start to explore more of the use case of how we can verify all of these uh, guidelines that we're co-creating and building with also s- different institutions uh, recognized like the UNESCO um, to validate all the, all of these um, um, yeah use cases that we're trying to solve.
0: That's beautiful, and I honestly love um, you know the the three different products that you're working on. I think there's use cases super important, right? And 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 I love to see you know you folks actually um, doing some good stuff on the ground. So that's that's super amazing. In terms of the DAO operations, um, have mm-hmm. you? Like has, has the DAO been launched and how is it going so far if, if it's been launched?
1: It hasn't been launched. So what we're currently doing with the internal team is like we're setting it up, like we're, we're building like the the skeleton of it until we receive the members. And, and what this means is like, what is the onboarding like? Because as you, everybody, I'm now explaining it, but in our webpage, we're a multi-chain. So we're actually launched in two chains. We launched on Algorand and Ethereum. So we're building this multi-chain also social governance. Um, we're not saying it's a DAO yet, uh, because we we are like in, eventually we want to be a DAO. But as we're involving different types of stakeholders in the same governance, including culture keepers on ground, NFT holders, even ourselves that are we are helping transition to to the to the Web three platform. We're we're starting to build the skeletons and the onboarding to then kick off uh, by 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 this queue, like the the social impact fund uh, governance, social governance.
0: Yeah, I think. You know, when we're talking about DAOs, it's it's the aim is to fully decentralize, right? But you know, where do you see the line, and where where do you kind of see the timeline for the DAO? And then and, 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 yeah, and it's, also, it's it's also it's also, also you know finding that sweet spot, right, where you want to have the exactly. perfect balance of the people on the ground and in the NFC holders. So, um, yeah.
1: <laughs> okay, so I, I I can I can tell you like what what's the actual vision of it. So the mem- the memberships open a new way of philanthropy right so it's a new way of like not only um collaborating in a project but also participating in a project and deciding where those funds should be deployed then on the ground and something something that we notice, and even we like here's a spoiler alert but we also went to peru and peru is one of these 2023 collections of this year their communities on ground already have established some sort of doubts right so we you have a a, a sort of like council members or like maybe an open council to collaborate on the community and to pull forward initiatives on ground. So actually what we're like, what we're doing is facilitating uh, that. So not only joining people around the round and philanthropists, but already of house working on ground, this go- social governance, it's just um, providing more technology and more transparency of how those uh, projects should be tackled on. So when it would be hundred percent decentralized, um, I like it's it's hard to tell, but I think the sweet spot would be when when all these uh, NFT holders that are collaborating in the project are 100% seeing the end to end, not only from the projects being voted and those funds being allocated, but also when those projects are finalized and there's actually like the return, like the return of social investment and the return of like even time investment with these communities. So that's that's the idea that we want to build with a social governance and and we also we believe on on a on a, um, um, a, 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 a bit of building a, a democratic governance by also allowing the, those members that maybe don't wish to proactively participate to de- to delegate their voice to other members that are participating. So that's another thing. So eventually along the way, what we want is that like all members, holders, and also community uh, leaders on ground come together and collaboratively. Uh, work through different types of initiatives that are needed on ground under these mandates of Web3 inclusion and cultural preservation.
0: Yeah, I think it's super important to think about incentives as well, right? And and I think delegation is definitely one way to um, get participation levels uh, at a maybe sustainable rate, right? Because, you know, when we're looking at a lot of DAO operations and, and the big DAOs in general, you know, we have... A participation rate of less than one percent. So I think if you are able to, you know, delegate uh, to people that you trust, that's that's super important, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So in terms of um, the roadmap ahead and 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 all of that, I th- think you mentioned Peru. Um, are there any other um, kind of projects uh, down the line that you're you're looking to, you know, integrate with? Oh, for sure.
1: I'm only, I'm only gonna be able to tell you so by the end of, by the end of this uh, Q1, we'll have the Bali drop. So mm-hmm. that's for Indonesia. That's our first emerging country, and we have in the in the pipeline to drop uh, Peru and Panama uh, oh, wow. here in, in yeah uh, uh, Latin and South America. Uh, mm-hmm. Those are also like uh, ready for for the roadmap, and we already have destinations that we already have mapped to be um, on ground. On uh, mid February, April, but I, I'm for sure, it's gonna be a country in the African continent, and wow. another one in in around Asia, and another one around in South America. So, stay tuned to <laughs> see the, the revealing other countries that we're gonna go, and hopefully along the way we can expand more. And even once we validate this, the standards of like what is cultural heritage, because today we are. We are working closely with anthropologists and and with different institutions to help us build these these curational guidelines of actually building the value of these cultural heritage NFTs, and eventually along the way, we we want to standardize this and and open it through our marketplace and allow anybody around the world to preserve their culture.
0: Mm. Yeah, I love that. I honestly love that. And in terms of um, the challenges that you're facing, is there any significant you know roadblocks? Is it? Um, reaching out to certain types of communities or government arms or branches that you're uh, you know facing like what are the challenges in the community right now fna
1: it uh, yeah so i think that the most challenging part in um, especially like working on the, on the web3 uh, web3 community and, and blockchain and especially on on a, on on the current market conditions where we are it's like explaining our use case and having it understand. I, I personally as a head of product I'm always constantly reaching out to everybody who subscribes or applies to the to the whitelist and everything and personally speaking to actually see what's how they perceive and understand the project. So on one hand it's like understanding the project and 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 getting and also um, understanding where's the point of getting involved because it's it's a mixture of things as, and it's a rare use case. It's around not only philanthropy but also maybe it's a new way of consuming tourism eventually along the way. Um, and 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 so it, it it certainly is challenging to explain this use case because there's like none in the market, although NFTs, there's a bunch of them. Um, this type of, of project uh, brings like a new component that of course, like even if more people listen and hear the doors open that to receive more feedback and to onboard anybody who wants to become part of it.
0: Right, And in terms of you know, education, I think, you know, even with Web3, there's still some ways or some, uh, how do I say it? It's it's for, for, for me at least, right? It's it's still difficult for my parents, uh, for example, to get their head around Web3 and NFTs in general, right? So what is the kind of reception that you're receiving from uh, these uh, entities that you're talking to? Is it, is it warm um, or is it kind of uh, an education type thing that you have to go through first?
1: So kind of like it's it's so 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 because we actually like the, mm. the web 3 and blockchain is something already like that resembles to the to the ears of even my parents and my grandmother like bitcoin especially if i tell my grandmother bitcoin she knows what i'm speaking about um so actually trying to uh, portray the problem and um, the, the problem that we're working on and actually um explaining that we're using the te- that technology to build it on it's what helps us build that 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 communication. So actually, governance. That we work closely with governments. And um, actually, really, are enthusiastic about the idea because it's 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 we are providing the infrastructure to help preserve culture. So today we're building a blockchain because it allows us to unlock uh, lots of use cases around on chain um, transparency, on chain. Also, build the standards for uh, preserving cultural heritage, um, and allowing also to gain visibility. So this is what the, the technology and of course, a lot of other things as well, unlocks us. So we actually can show where those funds are gonna be deployed and, and link them. So that use case is even easier to explain than, than, than explaining blockchain itself because blockchain is what allows you to unlock these features. So that's how maybe we, we approach the different institutions and even the, the communities on ground around the technology.
0: I love that for you. I, 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 I love that, honestly. <laughs> and so in, in terms of the way forward, um, what should the listeners look out for? Um, any exciting stuff uh, happening down the pipeline that uh, we haven't spoken about already?
1: Yeah, so I think the and it's always good to repeat it. Um, we actually have the memberships are now open for people to apply. There's a whitelist application that is currently on our on our site, and by the end of February we're going to have our, our multi chain auction. So actually, it's going to be a multi chain um, bo- uh, auction between Algorand uh, users and Ethereum users. So it's going to be very interesting uh, the use case that we're building. Um, so that will be by hopefully by the end of February. And, and yeah, and, and then like just follow our like socials or we're always posting articles around all the, uh, the use cases that we're building around. And you can even uh, be more tangible with the situation and, 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 and read more with all the, the news that we're constantly sharing and all our social medias around the problem that we're tackling.
0: Well, thank you so much for your time, Nicole. Um, this has been a super insightful um, space. It's been a bit short but short and sharp (laughs) Um, is there (laughs) anything else that uh, you want to mention about the project or about yourself anything that you're currently working on outside of quantum
1: no just that uh, of course like quantum we have our like doors open so any feedback as well is more than welcome like uh, you can get into quantum temple twitter any social media and you can reach out i'll be probably the person like responding to that Um, and then just like get aware of like what actually be more conscious around travel right so i think that's what uh, opened me the opportunity to be much more aware of each decision i'm making when i'm traveling and understanding like the 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 responsibility of deciding where to go and and who to go to so yeah i think that's it thank you so much for the space and the opportunity of being here
0: no thank you so much for joining us and um really love that the stuff that you folks are doing over there um, I genuinely believe in um the the project and and the significance of cultural heritage and preservation so um, thank you so much for your time I'm actually thinking about relocating to some different areas in Asia um, I'm not sure if Bali is on the list but any any recommendations I'm thinking maybe Vietnam maybe Nepal
1: <laughs> yeah even like I don't know you're in Bangkok right now but even in the north of Thailand and yeah near like Laos as well it's like Really, mm. really amazing. Yeah, mm. <laughs> very immersive as well. <laughs> Nepal as well. What, would can I tell you? But yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm heading over to the north uh, tomorrow. Actually, I'm heading to Chiang Mai, um, and then oh, I'm nice. kind of planning where I go from there. But it's exciting.
1: <laughs> you should take the night the night bus to Laos. It's amazing. It's a really good experience, and then take to Luang Prabang. That's another cultural, mm. amazing place. So.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I, I, think I may do that. I think I'm going to go to Laos and Vietnam and Mexico and Nepal from there. But thank you so much. I really appreciate it.
1: <laughs> thank you, guys. Thank you for the space and for everyone to listen.
0: All right, well, look forward to, um, you know, the potential collaborations that we may have in the future. Um, but for now, take care and, and keep up the great work, Nicole.
1: Yeah, same. Way. Thank you.
0: All right. Take care. Bye bye.
1: See ya.